touchdown, Kansas City. This is the Chiefs postgame show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. The Chiefs postgame show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. If you want Chiefs, follow the leader. Sports Radio 810 WHB. A lot going on tonight in the NFL, only some of it being directly related to the football game that the Kansas City Chiefs just played. But welcome in to the Chiefs postgame show here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. I'm Joshua Briscoe. We'll be with you for the next couple hours, getting you audio from Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the entire crew out at Arrowhead, uh, along with whoever it is that uh, that speaks in the locker room following the game. And there are storylines that we will talk about. And at this point, I imagine you've heard the, the biggest story out of the league tonight. But um, kind of impossible not to begin with, with again, the, the biggest story in the NFL right now. Uh, Andrew Luck, quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts, obviously, uh, announced that he's retiring. And that is not a sentence I expected to say tonight or this offseason, or any point in the next five or maybe ten years. Um, I just had a chance to listen to his press conference announcing it after the, the Colts preseason game, which he obviously didn't play in as he's looking uh, looking into the future now. Uh, a, a career that was going to be probably continually marred by injuries, as it has been so far. He was very honest in his presser, and we'll bring you some more um, of that audio at some point tonight. Again, we, we'll bring you Andy Reid, we'll bring you Patrick Mahomes, and we'll talk about the Chiefs game tonight. But not just because this is a surprising retirement and a young star quarterback that was, frankly, supposed to reshape the, the league or certainly the AFC over the next several years, along with Patrick Mahomes, maybe Baker Mayfield. You know, If, you, if you're going to put that list of guys together, Mahomes is really, really high on that list. Probably number one, also considering that he's um, just about the youngest of that group or, or, you know, among the youngest. And then Andrew Luck was was one of the most sure things that I've ever seen coming into the NFL. And he delivered heartbreak to the Chiefs, obviously. Uh, I'm sure that everyone within earshot of this show right now remembers, for me, the image is him with one hand stretching the ball over the goal line. Um, and and just putting a cap on an unbelievable playoff game against Alex Smith and the Chiefs, um, a game of incredible offense and collapsing defense and all of that. Um, but he was a sure thing coming into the league. He was a sure thing as a number one overall draft pick. There was suck for luck, and uh, RG3 became a relatively like distant second top-tier quarterback. And now Andrew Luck has retired before Robert Griffin. It's unbelievable. And so you can, if you want to look at it from the Chiefs' perspective, which I'll do for a minute because of where we're doing this show from, um, obviously this, this shakes up the league, this shakes up the AFC, the Colts. I had the Colts in the in the playoffs this year. I had them winning uh, the the AFC South with Jacoby Brissett. Honestly, that division is still um, a bit weird. They might still have a chance. I, I don't know. Um, 
I I thought Andrew Luck. If you if you get a copy of our uh, Sports Radio 810 Chiefs Insider Football Insider magazine, uh, you will probably note that uh, my MVP candidate for the, my MVP pick for this year just retired. Um, which you know, you you win some, you lose some in the predictions business. But that was my expectation before I knew anything else about the injury that was that was gnawing at him, almost literally nipping at his heel. Um, I had MVP aspirations for Andrew Luck this season. I thought the Colts were going to be a legitimate adversary to the Chiefs this year. While I, I don't look at teams without quarterbacks really being among that same pedigree as far as, as teams that actually can find themselves in the AFC Championship game... The field has gotten thinner for the Chiefs, and it's in in that regard. I, I feel like something you can only talk about for so long before you return to where Andrew Luck is at right now. And and again, we'll, we'll play you some of the pressers, but um, he he's tired of of playing football and tired of really he's tired of not playing football is, is what it sounded like to me. It's a guy who's been. In this cycle of rehabbing, and it's it's for at least the second time in his career, he's taken a beating. He's made good money. He's had success, not the ultimate success, but had great success as a player. And he he sounds he he sounds deeply relieved. It was that was the word that that our friend Seth Kaiser of the Athletic just used on Twitter, and I, I thought it was applicable because he sounds sad to be leaving the sport but deeply relieved to be kind of free of that of that continued expectation and that grind of the cyclical rehabbing and all of that and he's going to he's going to take the money that he's made he's going to forfeit something like 50 million dollars from the Colts he's going to he's going to just leave that money on the table take about the $100 million that he's made and the early reports and the things he said, he's going to travel and like hang out with his wife. I mean, that's, I don't know. And he was getting booed as he left the field, which leaves a horrible, horrible taste in my mouth. Luck said that he heard it and it, and it made him sad. It seems like a dude that's got, that spent a lot of time on his priorities and reevaluating them recently and uh, now he's he's stepping away from the league. So just a fascinating, surprising story. I'm sure that Andy Reid and, and Patrick Mahomes and just about everybody will be asked about it tonight because as you know, as competitors and as uh, guys at the top of the league, everybody knows Andrew Luck and everybody should. This is stunning. Um, and I think everybody on the planet saw that tweet from Adam Schefter and immediately looked to see if it was a parody account, if it was a fake thing. Beards, I went over to Sonic at halftime to get some food, which is about when this broken Beards called me. said, I'm trying to order, I'm trying to get a breakfast burrito. And, and Beards said, uh, you hear something freaking crazy? I said, sure. I said, Andrew Luck retired. What? Come on, Beards. Like, this isn't, Beards isn't like a prankster. He's that so that that didn't really cross my mind. My, the first thing was like, all right, beards. Listen, you got got. It's okay. Look at it again. It's from 
uh, a darn Schefter instead of Adam Schefter. It's okay. You can you can admit it. Nope. Nope, that's really him, and he's announced it now again. It, it fundamentally reshapes the, the league, fundamentally reshapes the AFC playoff picture, and it's, it's one of those guys in the class with Patrick Mahomes that I was looking forward to watching those two guys play more football games against each other. It was going to happen this year, and now it, it looks like Jacoby Brissett will be bringing the Colts to Arrowhead for a game that certainly looks easier. Now, and honestly, I don't know if Andrew Luck would have been healthy at that point. Like, it seems like he might not have been. He actually rattled off a few of the things in sort of his outro presser, um, essentially saying, hey, here are like three or four things that are um, that are holding me back right now and that are going on in my ankle and foot that's, you know what, this isn't worth it. And so I, it's it's really... It's really, really interesting. It's a really interesting story, um, a really interesting decision. And if you have a chance, the, the Colts streamed the whole thing, his entire press conference. Because um, I do want to talk about at least the first half of uh, of the Chiefs game here tonight, because there were some things in there. It's, it's not going to change your life, but there were some things in there that I think are interesting that I do want to talk about a little bit here. Um, but if you have a chance at some point to to go watch the press conference. Um, uh, that that uh, Andrew Luck had, you you can see it the Col- on the Colts Twitter account. We'll play you a couple of snippets of it at some point. Um, I've I've been tweeting about it for the majority of the last hour or two. Um, that uh, you can check out on Twitter at JB Briscoe. There we go. I plugged my own Twitter account. So just a wild wild story. Um, that it, you know I I think in a way for Andrew Luck kind of has a happy ending because he's got his priorities sorted out in a way that he's happy about uh, but just totally stunning so that's the that's the big story of the night Andrew Luck is retiring from the NFL and uh, we have a, a third Chiefs preseason game to talk about that we can do a little bit of now uh, and if you want to talk about either of those things you can call in 913-3810-810 we'll take some calls throughout the course of the night we'll start I, uh, I see uh, Ryan hanging on hold we'll get to him pretty much at, right after here from Andy Reid I think we might be getting close-ish, although Beards is shrugging, so we'll see. Beards, I've heard chatter. That's about it. Okay, you know what? Chatter means there are probably reporters in there, which means we get to Andy Reid pretty soon. I want to make sure everybody has a second to talk. So um, we'll go Andy Reid, and then we'll take some calls, 913-3810-810, if we talk about any of those things. A few of the storylines out of the actual game itself today. Um, Andy Reid usually likes to try to play his starters into the third quarter. That did not happen, obviously. Um, not surprising that, that didn't happen either. The, the the offense got out there and looked really good right out of the gate. There's a whole thing I want to talk about with Patrick Mahomes, uh, a level of continued evolution from him uh, that is, I just think I think it's going to go under the radar, and I think we should try to spend a little time to to look at the number of times that that, that Patrick Mahomes is doing the thing that people thought he might not do whenever he was coming into the league, whenever he was um, even getting his his first season starting last year. We saw plenty of examples of it. This isn't new. But tonight it was almost overwhelming. So that first drive, he throws one pass. It's third and three. It's the wheel route out of the backfield down the sideline for, for Damian Williams. 
touchdown. Uh, Adam Teicher of ESPN.com, friend of 810, of course, tweeted that uh, the Niners tried covering uh, Damian Williams with a 280-pound lineman and got what they deserved, which I thought was an excellent way of putting it. Um, the Chiefs are going to do that all the time. Andy Reid's going to find that all the time. Whenever and, and Patrick Mahomes is going to find that. I don't know if Andy Reid called that play, looking at the personnel the Niners had, expecting San Francisco to try to cover Damian Williams with a nearly 300-pounder. Um, but whenever that matchup is identified by Reed, Mahomes, whoever, that's going to end up being open. And and Mahomes isn't going to miss that for no good reason very often, which is wonderful to be able to say confidently. Um, but that's the, the pass from the, the first drive. Mahomes comes back out for the second series, and ultimately they end up settling for a field goal. But... This is how Mahomes started. Listen to the sort of the passes and the choices that Patrick Mahomes made leading up to his first incompletion, which didn't come until the second quarter. He he goes to Damian Williams on the screen, um, and it's lofted up into the air, and it's absolutely perfect. Then he takes a smart, wide-open check down, on that next drive, then it's a little dark to Sammy Watkins, and then he, oh, over on the right side, he goes back to the left for Tyreek Hill. There's a crazy screen in the middle of the field to Damian Williams. Then he goes back to Tyreek Hill again. Then a Darwin Thompson is in. We'll talk about running backs later. Goes back to Tyreek Hill again. Of of all of those passes, all of them complete in that order, no skips, all all completions. None of those went more than 13 yards, but. None of it was afraid. There's, there is no timidity in Patrick Mahomes. And because we are also confident in the freelancing and in the lack of timidity and all of those things, there's a reason to praise him taking a wide open screen and continuing to move the ball and find those first downs. Because again, as they were taking those short things, not not timidly, but but just taking what the defense was leaving there, they, they moved the chains. They only got to third down one time before a Darwin Thompson in completion on the sidelines, and then that drop from Blake Bell. That is a high-functioning offense. That's not that's not the the firework of the drive before. It's not the power of the drive before. Or, or the big plays that you see in a good situation. But it is incredibly functional. And the problem for me, and you can go back to, you know, like talking about Alex Smith offenses. I'm critical of quarterbacks that, that throw short of the sticks, especially on third down. We know Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs offense, does not have a problem pushing the ball enough. The thing that I think we're going to see as a bit of a sign of maturity from Mahomes is saying, ah, well, I got this. I'll take this. And I not at the expense of taking a deep shot, not at the expense of taking risks. Those need to continue to happen, and they're going to. I feel like I know enough about the, the character of Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback to know those aren't going to go away. But still taking the smaller elements and the free stuff, taking the freebies, that's important and absolutely excellent. Um, and it's what this offense needs to do. Uh, again, it's a Chiefs postgame show here on Sports Radio 810 WHB Kansas City. I'm Joshua Briscoe. Waiting on Andy Reid to uh, show up in the presser room out at Arrowhead. We'll bring you him live and then everybody else as we are able to. 
Again, the news of the night is that Andrew Luck has retired. Um, a real surprise. And, and later on in tonight's show, after we bring you all the Chiefs updates, I will try to bring you some of the uh, information uh, about that retirement and also uh, some of it in uh, in Andrew Luck's own words because I thought it was really insightful and really smart and really uh, powerful. So um, we'll, we'll cover that as we go as well. But for for the the full circle here on the Mahomes conversation, we're, we're probably not going to see him again until whatever it is, September 8th or something like that. Um, and that's for the best. We don't need to see him again. He's looking like a well-oiled machine in this offense. And by taking the freebies, it gives him a little bit of time to uh, take more chances down the field whenever they get here. I, I, I don't think timidity is, is a problem. All right, we're waiting on Andy Reid. Let's actually go to Ryan right now. Ryan, appreciate your patience. What's up? Hey, thanks, man. Uh, just, uh, yeah, I'm glad to see you. Once that rain came down, get everybody out of there. Out. No Did not there. need it. Nope. Yeah, no, and uh, I, I think the first team was great. Uh, we go any farther than that. Um, we got problems. Mm-hmm. But cornerback uh, uh, obviously is an issue. We need to find somebody. I hope yep. somebody has a, pl- a plethora of them, uh, and they will. Um, but I'm sitting here with a Chicago Bears fan uh, right now. Um, mm-hmm. He he's scared to death. So, um, but <laughs> I think we're gonna go to the Chicago game too. Stay at the Trump Hotel, um, December 22nd. Hopefully, we're doing good. If we win, he pays for the room. That's what he said. That's good. So, That's a good bet. Hey, I like that. No, offense look great. So a uh, defense, eh, you know, I, I like I said, corners. You don't need anybody outside. You're going to give a pass play. So we need to get yep. somebody on that. But Frank Martin, uh, Frank Clark, Frank Martin, Frank, Frank Martin Clark, out there would have been a real sight. That would have made the preseason. I like more him. I'll take him. Yeah, yeah I bet he could get somebody one us at least. But yeah. no, uh, did great. And uh, thanks, guys. Uh, just we're I'm ready. I'm I'm done preseason. Get it Same. over with. Over. I don't want it anymore. Yep. Done. This is last year. Hopefully, bye. I appreciate it, Ryan. Thank you for the call. Yeah, I'm also over the preseason, so much so that Thursday night after the game, you're not going to hear from me because I'm going to be on a beach. Take my first, like, five consecutive days off of 2019, and I'm, I planned it during the fourth preseason game because I don't need to be here. Frankly, neither do you. It's okay. We can all skip the fourth preseason game. Just pretend it's not happening. That game matters to, you know, some backup. That's not you. You're a starting caliber Chiefs fan. Um, One thing as far as the defense, because... Uh, we could get interrupted by Andy Reid at any moment. Uh, it's the 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 it's sort of all encapsulating thing there. Offense looked good. Ryan's right. Defense looked kind of eh. Here's the thing: it looked kind of eh, just about everywhere we expected it to. There's a longer conversation to have about the cornerbacks. And we'll we'll do that momentarily. But um, the defensive line looks good. The run stopping was kind of average. There were moments you went, ah, yes, more of that, please. And then there were moments that you. Uh, you, you you cover your eyes a little bit and say, oh, this feels familiar. Um, the one thing from tonight that was not what you want to see defensively and it was a little surprising is Juan Thornhill looked like a rookie like three or four times. And so that's not what, again, that's to, to be incredibly obvious, it's not what you want. But it's also, you know, third preseason game. If he plays next week, I'm not going to be mad at it. Because uh, I, I do think there's something for him, and, and Spagnuolo has even talked about this a little bit. He needs to be able to react quicker. Um, I don't think we're looking at his physical limitations. I think we're looking at his mental limitations. And by mental limitations, I mean he's not played any NFL football before. So this is a new experience. And so I'm, I would still, over the first four weeks of the season, 
I would rather see Juan Thornhill make mistakes for the sake of him later in the season than to see Dan Sorensen out there making some mistakes and just doing the things that happens when you're, you know, Dan Sorensen. Like, where he has a role, but I, I don't want it to be as the starting free safety on this team. I don't think that he makes sense in that spot. And he makes more sense sort of filling in for, for Tyron Matthew, which actually we saw both of, we saw Thornhill and Sorensen out there together a lot. And I think Sorensen did a little more of that uh, tonight. But that's essentially what I think, you know, makes sense in, in that regard. I don't want to see Sorensen and Matthew starting side by side. I, I don't think that that skill set makes sense. So if you get a little nervous about Juan Thornhill or if the season, the season gets here and you start um, – you know, seeing mistakes that look like a rookie is making them. Be a little patient. Give them, give them a second, and you'll. I think you'll eventually be rewarded for your patience on one Thornhill. Uh, but he was not great tonight, certainly. Um, on the cornerback thing, I don't know if patience is going to actually solve any of the problems that this team could have. It's not really patience as much as it's learning to work with what you got and um and and what the the Chiefs nearly had tonight was a disastrous injury to a guy that looks like he might be the best corner on this team at least in in moments um Bashad Breeland got hurt and then he came back after he got hurt but man it if that wasn't a good example of what it's like to to understand how fragile that entire position group is I mean that that that's a nice little splash of cold water to realize oh man if something happens here we might be looking at at Herb Miller Mark Fields Demontre Wade getting real legitimate snaps when they're the weak link on a on a roster that is otherwise Kendall Fuller and Traverius Ward ahead of them that's a bad place to be and the Chiefs have essentially volunteered for that. I mean, this is just sort of where they are. This is the choices that they've made. They, they draft Juan Thornhill. They trade for Frank Clark. I'm not against either of those moves, but they really didn't address the cornerback position this offseason. They essentially swap out uh, Steven Nelson for uh, Bashad Breland. And this is the situation they find themselves in now. They didn't sneak up on him. It was a problem last year, and they didn't make it better. Again, I think Steven Nelson and Bashad Breland are a relatively uh, relatively even swap, and it's a better contract on Breland. But, again, it's not a surprise that they're here. It's the exact problem that, if you're going to tell me to find the spot where the season get derailed, it's probably what it is. It's that, it's that Fuller or Breland, or to a lesser extent, Ward gets hurt, and... They they don't have anybody they can rely on to take that spot. We even saw Breland get burnt at one point tonight. Um, I think it was later in the late in the first quarter where he's got he's got beat down the sideline. That stuff happens to most guys, but to see Breland get hurt and then come back in a preseason game, no less, and for everyone to be like, "Oh, thank goodness, um, this is this is the crown jewel we can't afford to lose from this position group," and then to see him get beat soon after. Think is a is a nice illustration of the the group itself. If if Bashad Breland is a can't lose guy, you're probably not in the position you want to be in. 
especially with something as important and as on an island as the cornerback spot can be. And that's what, I mean, that's what it is. There is no place easier to to isolate, other than quarterback, I would say, in the NFL than a a defensive back. Because you can pick on them. You might be able to see where uh, an underachieving receiver, you know, gets dominated over the course of a game. But you don't really see it like you do whenever a great quarterback picks on your weakest corner. That's a lonely place to be, and it's an easy pickings place to be if you're going up against Tom Brady or or Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson last year, like Traverius Ward, wasn't playing terribly, but he was the weakest link, and so Russell Wilson picked on him. And if you're going to get picked on one week, there's a very good chance that's going to be the rest of your season. The cornerback position is very fragile at this point for the Chiefs. There's no question about it. And it's it's fragile, but also not great. It's it's not it's not like a beautiful like a beautiful vase. That you know, it's fragile, but it's worth it. You got you gotta just take really good care of it and everything. It's gonna it's gonna be beautiful on your mantle. It's just kind of fragile and passable at this point. It's fragile and nothing to write home about. And that's that's a difficult place to be in 2019. But we've also talked about, like, do you want to actually be paying guys tons of money uh, at that cornerback position that can be so volatile and can be so up and down? And I don't think that you do. I don't, I don't think that you want to invest a bunch of money in a guy who probably does exist in the middle of the road, which I think we might be learning that Kendall Fuller does. He was out there late in the game, and some of the defensive starters were. He wasn't the only defensive starter out there relatively late in the game. Um, but there was a little bit of talk of him being banged up, and I don't think he's gotten a minute off. Um, he's been, I would say, relegated to exclusively playing in the slot. That's really bizarre. And I think he um, he he isn't, I don't think he's fallen out of favor with Steve Spagnuolo, because I don't know if he's ever really been in favor with Steve Spagnuolo. He he doesn't seem to be a Spags staple. And that's really interesting because even as I don't think he's a number one corner in the traditional sense in the NFL, I've felt pretty consistently confident that he is the best that that the Chiefs have to offer at that spot. And I'm not even sure if Spagnolo agrees with that. Like I, I would love to get truth serum. In, in there, but uh, we'll go out now to Arrowhead, Chiefs head coach Andy Reid addressing the media after the game. Chad Henney has a slight ankle uh, soreness. Um, we're just going to evaluate it. We're not sure exactly where that's at right now, but we'll see. And then um, Damon Lee has a chest contusion. So other than that, everybody worked out okay. I was There were some good things in the game, especially with the ones, both sides of the ball. And um, then it was great to get the young guys in and have an opportunity to play. So um, when we're going through this evaluation period, you want to get as many snaps as you can, we're able to do that with those guys. So time's yours. Coach, in the start of the second half, of course, the team was trailing 13 and 10. Did you like how that offense Yeah, I thought Kyle, you know, Kyle handled that well. And uh, he had a couple of big third downs there that were important. The one he kept was very big. Um, so I, I thought he handled himself for a young guy. I thought he handled himself well. 
Based on what you've seen of him in practice, his character, things like that, what is it about him that made you that where that he was able to lead him down the field? Yeah, he's a real smart kid, and um, he's got good leadership ability. I think you'll see more experience and um, a good strength program and so on. Not that he didn't have one in college, but I mean, it just happens when you get get in the NFL. You you get in these programs, and it's all football all the time. You don't have to worry about chemistry and all that. So, yeah, he'll get stronger. Yeah, yeah. So Kyle Shanahan's got a good good team, and that that defensive line is a a good D line. Even though they've got a couple guys that are nicked up a little bit, but they're um, they, got, they sell first round picks up there that are good football players. So uh, likewise with their linebackers, and and uh, it was good to get work against that crew. I thought our guys handled it well, and uh, we were able to move the ball efficiently. Cool. Andy, talking with Sammy Watkins, he said he was surprised that, that the first team offense didn't get to play into the third quarter. What went into the decision to pull them off early, and did Patrick's head first dive have anything to do with that? <laughs> no, it didn't, but I can't tell you I was happy about it, but it, it didn't, it didn't uh, you know, that's not why we took him out. I just thought that they had had enough, <clears throat> you know, where we were at, and um, they've had a lot of work. They've had a lot of work in training camp, and um, they put a lot of snaps in up at St. Joe, and so we we practice fast and hard, and we have some live periods. So uh, where you, where you tackle the ground, and and um, I just felt like the well, we were we were in a good place there. And it was a point of emphasis to really get Damian Williams involved, considering he had the injury early in the first game, just didn't get many touches last game. Yeah, yeah, there was. I, I wanted to. See if we couldn't get him some touches. Um, I didn't really care, pass game, run game, but get him some touches and uh, kind of get him back in the swing of things. So, uh, you know, we were able to get him do that. I mean, so the two plays look good uh, defensively, coach. Uh, this is the first time he really got a chance to play extended. Yeah, so I, I thought there were some good things. I thought we did well against the run game um, we, we, and pass game, but. Third downs, you got to get you know you got to get off the field better. And we had a couple of things there, penalty first drive. But other than that, we, we they were great. You know they did a nice job. So. The first team defense, the batted pass for Chris on fourth down, and then Frank's sack that kind of stalled that drive. Just how important is it for the guys to make those plays and kind of end on a high note going into? The- yeah, you you have to be able to do that in the pass game. So you got to you have to have the pressure and. Um, you know, we're we're working on that. I mean, that's uh, we're working the we're a combination team where you can take care of the run and the pass, and then if it's a play pass, you got to transition. And um, and so the guys have worked very hard on that this camp. So it was good to see them get going and and uh, get a little pressure, block and sack. I think are positive things. Um, they were getting the ball out fast, uh, and so that's a. Uh, you know, there's a little respect for that group up there. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I thought Daryl did a nice job. Ran hard, huh? He ran hard. I thought he was uh, played good physical football there, and uh, yeah, I was I was uh, pleased with how he played. <clears throat> did you get the news about Andrew Luck retiring? I did. Yeah. Did yeah. Yeah. I was No, I didn't. I didn't mention it. Um, but I, I think he's he was a heck of a player. So there. He's a smart kid, so I'm sure there's. I don't know the reason there, but I'm I'm sure it's uh, <coughs> it's a uh, you know 
it's what he feels is the right thing to do. So. Can you, oh, go ahead. I'm, just, I'm guessing it's predetermined that Cam and Andrew. Yes. Yeah. So um, we were going to put Cam at guard this game, and um, we started him at guard, and then we were going to have Andrew kind of rotate in there at the guards, and then play some at tackle. So we, I think we got all that done, and uh, he got he got some good work in there. Yeah. All right. Good. All right. There's Andy Reid following the game out there. Uh, in Arrowhead, um, a few interesting things. We'll uh, we'll talk about them some whenever we come back because Beards McFly has informed me that it's commercial time, which it it probably is. That seems reasonable. Uh, you want to give us a teaser of who we're going to hear from Beards? How about that? How about you give us a little tease before we go to the break? Uh, how about Patty Mahomes? Never heard of him. He's kind of okay. Is he going to talk? We're going to hear from him. He already did. Well, shh. Radio magic. He's going to call into the show and talk to not us, but lots of reporters all at once. All right, we'll hear from Patrick Mahomes. There's a tease for you whenever we come back. Plus, if you want to call in and chat about the game tonight, things you're concerned about, excited about, also the news that Andrew Luck is retiring is still wild. Uh, 913-3810-810. That's the phone number, 913-3810-810. Plus, we're on the uh, Sports Radio Facebook page. You can see us there and probably say something about the hoodie I'm wearing. I'm guessing that's made it. Somebody already has. Yeah, no, I figured as much. I haven't gotten a chance to look yet, but that makes sense. Uh, so you can watch us there, or if you want to text the show, 913-912-4810 is the text line. It's a lot of plates for us to spend. We're going to try to get your uh, takes wherever they come from. We'll hear from Patrick Mahomes whenever we come back here on the Chiefs Post Game Show on Sports Radio 810. The Chiefs Post Game Show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Shotgun is two by two with eligible receivers and Damian Williams to his left. Mahomes holds it. Wheel route left in in Williams midfield. Juke move 40, 35 outside the number. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Kansas City on third and short. It's a 62-yard wheel route to the running back, Damian Williams. That was the play of the game. It was the one that mattered to me. Right out of the gate, the offense looked way more in sync than it did against the Steelers last week. I'm not choosing to worry too much about the look like two weeks ago, but I will uh, take great joy in the variety of things that uh, the Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense did today. Already gave you a little bit of kind of the breakdown there of of how unique each of Mahomes' different throws were uh, on that completion stretch that he had to start the game. It's uh, it's it's a really good place to be. I'll say that it's a really good place to be whenever. You can be excited about your quarterback's checkdowns and veteran-like smart decisions because you don't have any sort of second-guessing to do about, can this guy do the next thing? Can he do the next thing that a quarterback needs to do to actually be great? Um, that's not even a question. It's not, there's not a doubt in anyone's mind at this point with Patrick Mahomes, anybody who's been paying attention at least. So um, to see him do some of the boring stuff well tonight was really encouraging. Let's hear from Patrick Mahomes as he spoke to the media following tonight's game. Uh, him catching that ball on the third down and, and making a play and scoring a touchdown. To have that explosiveness is always good. And then 
I feel like just to have a long drive was something that we needed uh, going into the season. I don't know how I think it was 12 some play drive and drove the ball down the field and then we didn't get the touchdown. We got to kick the field goal. I thought that was a, a good sign of we kind of had both of those in the, the last uh, dress rehearsal. I guess you would be I would say before the season. We see you and Tyreek hook up three straight third down conversions plus uh, more than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean Tyreek's a guy that he understands uh, where we are on the field at all times. And uh, people always talk about his speed, but the way he's came on as a receiver and able to run routes is, has been truly special. So, I mean, just to have guys like that all around that understand the game of football is really cool. Are you guys where you need to be? Yeah, I think so for sure. I mean, we, we did good things on offense, good things on defense, good things on special teams. And I feel like now it's about just kind of perfecting those things as we have these uh, the young guys get to play for this last preseason game. And uh, we kind of perfect and practice as much as we can going into Jacksonville, who will be a, a tough opponent for week one. Take us through the broken play where you scrambled and got near the goal line and went head first this time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I scrambled around. I probably left the pocket a little early, honestly, um, and then kind of scrambled around and, and wanted to find someone to throw to and kind of saw it opened up and uh, tried to run and get the first down and dove for it. Um, I told Coach Reed, I mean, I got to get hit sometimes, get myself ready for the season. So uh, I got took a hit. Uh, it was a nice hit. And so, I mean, it was it was good to kind of get that first hit out of the way, really, and then be able to run and try to make something happen. Did you expect you were coming out right after that? Uh, I didn't know. I mean, I, I was preparing, and they told me. So I'm, I'm always cool with whatever Coach Reese says. Uh, I'm gonna prepare every single every single drive that I can to be ready for the next one. You Are you ready? After that, that, was that was that what the smile was about? Uh, a little bit. I mean, I, I knew that I kind of wanted to go for it, but like, I think they marked me from where I started my dive, which they're supposed to do. And I was thinking that I, I got closer, and I realized it was like fourth and four, fourth and five, instead of like fourth and two, like I thought it was. And so I was kind of smiling. Uh, I knew Coach was gonna say something. So it, it, was, it was something where. You just kind of you, you you understand what coach is thinking. Yeah, I mean, with the the front that they were showing, you I knew that he was gonna get matched up on a DN, and with, with Damien, I mean, he's he's just as good of a runner as he is a, a pass catcher. So I knew that was a good matchup, and so I went straight to it and put it out there, and he made a great catch, and then made a great move making that safety miss, and then and, and outrunning guys to the end zone. How'd your backup quarterbacks do? How'd they play? I thought they played good. I mean, they, they took what was there, they they moved the ball down the field. I mean, it, it's it's uh, for those young guys, it's kind of a, a learning process. I mean, I understand when I was where I was when I was there. I mean, they they did some good things. They did stuff that they obviously wanted to, to, to fix, but at the same time, they're learning, they're getting better each and every week, and that's what you, all you can expect uh, when you first get to this league. Patrick, what, what impact are you seeing from Frank Clark, and what do you remember of him last year in Seattle? I'm just glad he's on my team. I mean, in Seattle, it felt like, I mean, he has such a wide variety of moves, uh, not just a speed rusher, uh, but uh, has power, he has a, he's a good technician, he's someone that understands the game of football, and I mean, he, he really helps helps complement that that D line, and I feel like that could, could be a real strength that we have. How much? Did you how many reps did, you, did it take for you guys to perfect that play tonight? Today? Yeah, well, I mean, that's a play that we've ran uh, for a couple of years now, and so I mean, it, it's it's a play that sometimes you hit Damian quick on the back, sometimes you throw it over the top. Uh, I mean, that's what you do in preseason. You run those those base fundamentals, those base game plan, uh, and try to perfect it as much as possible. So it was definitely something that. Uh, that we've ran a good amount of time. Have you heard about more, have you heard about uh, Luck and Indianapolis' his decision tonight? Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Uh, I mean, knowing Andrew, I mean, he's a, he's a great football player, of course, but he's also a great human being. And so for him, uh, I haven't got to see the full variety of the, of the news, but I know that he, that he's going to make the right decision for him himself and his family for sure. That's right, Patrick Mahomes following the game tonight. Um, the uh, the McCole Hardman. A uh, little snippet, there was a drive in there a little later in the game, not with Mahomes, but where, where Hardman was getting a little extra work. You saw again how Mahomes was spreading the ball around during that second drive. The touchdown on the first drive was excellent. 
that second drive um, might be even more important to me in this sort of instance where, again, I, I have not had any shaking of my faith in Patrick Mahomes' ability to do everything he needs to do uh, to be a quarterback in every instance. I'm 100% bought in. I've been 100% bought in for a really long time now. Um, but even then, seeing it like replicated again is always good. Seeing the ball get spread around even in a preseason game is really good. Seeing him take the freebies and then take the shots is really good. I will I will never I can I solemnly swear I'll never be the guy that sits here and tells you that Patrick Mahomes really needs to dial it back cuz I don't think Patrick Mahomes can be Patrick Mahomes while dialed back. I don't think there's any dialing back of Patrick Mahomes. I do think that finding those those things that are basically handoffs. Like it was I think it was the second pass to Williams um which was one of the it was the first or second pass of the the second drive. It just, he was out there surveying the entire field, and you could just basically see him just go, nope, 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 dang it, fine, and then dump it over to Damian Williams for a handful of yards. He was wide open. It was a zero-risk little dump off there. The thing to me, I don't, I say this every time I I get close to saying the name Alex Smith, I don't want to dunk on Alex Smith at all. He was the best quarterback that this city had had in a very long time, and also wasn't good enough. I mean, that's evident. Um, but but the the thing that Alex Smith did that was so deeply frustrating to me was that the amount of times that you would see him take those dump-offs whenever there was something happening downfield that either he had a chance to do something with or or maybe more frustratingly, that you think he saw but chose not to go there, either out of a lack of arm confidence or out of a lack of situational confidence that was going to be worth taking that shot. It was always it was always really frustrating. It was always really frustrating to see settling whenever you didn't have to settle. The things we saw from Mahomes tonight were not him settling whenever he didn't have to. It was working through what he had and saying, all right, it's first or second down. Let's let's just dump this over, and we're going to pick up six yards here, and then on third and four, we're going to do it again. That's the, that's the kind of thing that I, I, imagine, I imagine most people had concerns about with Mahomes' coming into the league and if you are going to tell me I'm always I'm always going to uh to wonder about the year that, that Mahomes sat behind uh Alex Smith just because I think he would have been a good quarterback if he would have come in and start day started day one but if you're going to convince me that playing under and playing behind Alex Smith for a year practicing behind Alex Smith for a year did something really good for Patrick Mahomes I think that that's probably what the argument looks like. It probably starts somewhere like that. So it, seeing that on display tonight was interesting. Um, we can go to the text line here, 913-912-4810. Um, Trey texts in from California. Thanks, Trey. And said, what do you make of the fact that Carlos Hyde didn't get in until the fourth quarter? Is he slipping in the running back depth chart, or are they trying to, to better judge Thompson and Williams? I'm really glad the question's phrased that way, because I do think it's clearly one of those two. Um, 
I also, not to fact check a texter, I think he came in late in the third quarter. Um, I have him in the game with three and a half minutes left in the third. So, semantics, but for the sake of, you know, for the sake of specificity. I saw someone on the Facebook page earlier said they learned tonight that timidity is a word. Well, now you know that timidity and specificity are both words. Um, I don't know who I'm trying to impress at this point, but I've, you know, I've done it. Um, I think it's very clearly that the Chiefs don't see Carlos Hyde making this team anymore. Um, I was a little bit on the fence even last night on Almost Entirely Sports uh, Night Show, 7 to 10, uh, most weeknights here on Sports Radio 810, or get the podcast. We talked to Brooke Pryor from the Star, and, and she had the 53-man roster come out. Carlos Hyde wasn't on it. Talked about that some, and I saw that story even got some traction from some places, and um, people just saying, oh, looks like Carlos Hyde's probably not going to make this team. Even even as of last night, I would have I would have agreed that they ultimately would not keep Carlos Hyde. And now also Houston's having considerable uh, and continuing issues with uh, injuries at the running back position. If you could get a seventh-round pick for Carlos Hyde, you would do it in a heartbeat. And I think if you're Houston, you probably give it up. I don't know. But what I think what I think the difference is here with the running back position, Damian Williams is the 1-1. One, one. It's inarguable. Darwin Thompson is going to be a part of this offense. Last week against Pittsburgh, he was out after the the end of the first half. You see him now out here running with the ones a little bit. Um, He came in after Damian Williams did tonight. After Damian Williams left the game, Thompson came in, and then Darrow Williams came in next. I think the Darrow Williams-Carlos Hyde comparison is the only meaningful one at this point. Damian Williams 1, Darwin Thompson 2 is locked in in my mind, 100%. Um, the difference between Darrell Williams and Carlos Hyde at this point is a couple hundred grand as far as cap space goes. Um, I guess actually at this point it might be more than that because Carlos Hyde is about a million locked in either way and so you could free up a million but you're still paying um, Darrell Williams and all of that so it's, it's probably a few hundred grand. But... It's also youth, and then you have to look at the specifics of their skill sets. I don't understand what exactly you expect Carlos Hyde to bring to this team that those other guys can't do. And I don't know if Carlos Hyde even wants to be the third running back on this team. If he does, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's him looking at the idea of those guys getting hurt and him getting some run in an Andy Reid offense. But I think those two guys are really in an actual competition and if I had to bet at this point, I think I would bet that the Chiefs would side side with the younger guy who you could you could see Darrell Williams continuing to evolve here in this uh, offense. And then in a year or two, it might be him running second behind Darwin Thompson as Darwin Thompson expands his role and takes over whenever Damian Williams is older. I mean, you can you can do all that you want. I also imagine that's going to be more of a, every year they'd bring in somebody, but. There's at least an opportunity for that that there just isn't for Carlos Hyde. Uh, can we go to Darwin Thompson now, Beards? Are we good on that side of the glass? Because he did talk to the media following tonight's game. Where again, he was the second running back in the rotation, uh, continuing to show his rise to the depth chart. And as always, so far, he's had some nice moments and played really well. They're going to embarrass them. They're going to embarrass you. So you got to play full speed all the time. It's definitely been a great preseason learning experience. Can you talk about the job done by the first string off this time? 
uh, played fast. It's just it's a glimpse of what is to come during the season, the regular season. Uh, and what September, you're gonna see the real thing. Are you guys where you need to be right now going into the last preseason game? We got days to work. I mean, we just we work day by day. We stack good days on top of good days. By the time season coming around, you'll see what this offense and your chief is about. What did it mean for you to have an opportunity that first game to get get going immediately? And, and you've had opportunities every game. It's just get my feet wet, really. Uh, I, I think come regular season, it'll be a lot faster just because, I mean, that's when it's time to play and then games count, stats count, things like that. So uh, this has just got my feet wet, a little comfortable with running the plays in a live situation, uh, knowing that uh, they're trying to take my head off. So come regular season, I'll be ready. I think it's just it's what you come to the NFL for. I mean, you don't come just to be a special team guy or a backup or whatever it may be. You come to play with the ones, and that's what I plan on doing. I carry forward. That's what I want to do as well. Uh, playing with Patrick, I mean, he makes it easy. Just he knows every time you got a possibility of getting the ball, so you just gotta be on the move, be ready to get the ball. At Darwin Thompson, I think that there's really something to that. The idea that 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 being a, a pass catcher in any in any regard with Patrick Mahomes has just got to be more fun than it is for most guys, because um, for most quarterbacks in the league, you have plays where this guy's the first read, this guy's the second read, this guy's the third read, and that third read could oftentimes be the check down or whatever. Um, with Patrick Mahomes, and you saw this. Uh, you saw this in a big way last year against the Niners, but it was week three, I think. Um, you saw it for a second here tonight, that play that he ended up running and, and not quite getting that first down in the red zone. That's a guy that can pirouette on the backfield and then throw the ball behind his back and through his legs somehow. I don't know how. He turns into Mr. Fantastic. And the ball goes 30 yards downfield and falls into your hands, whoever you are. Like, truly, if you are a eligible receiver... You could get a pass from Patrick Mahomes on any given play, and that we like we we talk about that uh, you know here and there because Mahomes tries to he has to teach guys that because that's just never that's never true and certainly never true in college. That's that's just not how it works. Um, we will uh we'll we'll go to Frank Clark here in a second, but I got another text from the text machine nine one three nine one two four eight ten. Someone texted in and said, Josh, you made me want a breakfast burrito from Sonic, so I'm sitting in the stall listening to your greatness slamming a burrito. Thanks for the inspiration. That might be one of the best messages I've ever gotten in regards to this radio show. It was great, by the way. I did not regret it. I wish that I would have gotten that burrito at a time that Andrew Luck wasn't retiring because it made me learn that news from Beards and then also me sitting in a uh, Sonic stall. But, uh, hey, listen while you're at it, texter. Um, if it, well, it's too late. That was 30 minutes ago. I'm, I'm late. Anybody else is about to go to Sonic, get uh, Oreo cheesecake um, smoothie. Milkshake. It's incredible. It's really, really good. Get one of those. Um, Beards, you get, you tried to give me the toss of what Frank Clark was talking about, but I was uh, I was uh, spinning too many plates at one time. Uh, he's asked about how the first string defense did. All right, here's Frank Clark as he was asked about how the first string defense did. Thanks, Beards. I feel like we did good. Um, let a few. Um, I believe they had two big runs. One was on me. Um, I need to, you know, recognize what was going on a little bit more. And I'm not really stunned into that gap, but um, I, I believe we did pretty good. You know, we got to make some changes. Like I said, we got one more week. 
getting into film. You know, that's the best part of preseason. Frank, did your notes on Staley uh, pay off? Ah, uh, man, I got notes on Staley from, you know, playing him four years ago. So at the end of the day, I'm, you know, a great competitor, you know, great um, person, even greater person. And, you know, just playing against him, competing over him over the years, you know, kind of knew what he was going to give me, you know, kind of aggressive on the inside fake. And, uh, you know, I just took advantage of that and made a playoff. Is this another step towards where you guys need to be for the regular season? Um, I feel like it is. You know, you and you just want to see progress. I feel like, you know, you don't come in here, you know, looking for the perfect game from anyone. You know, as a coach, you're looking for progress. You're looking for, you know, if this guy is learning from, you know, week-to-week progression. And, you know, is this guy making the same mistakes that, that he's been coached not to make? And I feel like, you know, a lot of the guys are starting to come along in that matter. Um, even myself, you know, it's a new system, um, new coach. Like I said, first year, so everything's getting thrown at us fast. But I feel like everyone, for the most part, is processing everything and doing their best to go out there and showcase it on the field. Spag said earlier in the week you wanted you guys to face some adversity to see kind of what you're made of and where you yeah. were. Because in mean, the first team, guys really haven't played that many snaps together. Right. What do you think about the adversity shown tonight? I feel like I feel like um, we responded the right way. But at the end of the day, I feel like when you give up over 130 yards rushing, you know, it's a fail. You know, we failed. I feel like at that task, um, you know, our rush defense could have been a little bit better. We could have got off the field more on third downs. Um, but those are all things to correct. It's the littlest things, man, um, from alignments to, you know, just your assignment, you know, and then, you know, just playing football after that. I feel like sometimes guys get away from just playing football sometimes. Frank, I know uh, you've been talking for weeks with Tyron about you guys playing together. You only had a couple snaps in the preseason. How eager are you to see the whole collection for it's gonna be awesome. I've seen it in practice, you know, and that's the. I feel like we get more work done in practice than the preseason game, honestly. And at the end of the day, I feel like it's gonna gel together perfect. Um, you got guys, like I said, in the back end, and Tyron, who, you know, he's a veteran leader, and uh, you know, his presence alone, you know, is gonna scare people. And then, you know, our front end, and our, um, you know, our front seven, and everybody like that, we just gonna come and play football. Like I said, it's just it's, it's a game we love to play. We've been playing since we was kids, man. I feel like once you take the fun out of it, you know, everything's getting boring. Um, once you continue to come into work every day, continue to show, you know, that you love this game and that you want to just continue to get better and want to be one of the best, you know, you're going to have fun out there. Have we seen even a slice of what you guys can do? How vanilla has this been? Not at all. Um, I mean, you're seeing the same plays get called week to week. Um, if you're an offensive coordinator, you better do a better job and, you know, exploiting those calls. I mean, it's only eight. You don't got a lot to, you know, choose from. Um, I feel like, you know, anytime you see a, a – uh, the first team still in the first quarter sometimes. Some of those first team players, I feel like you're doing a good job, you know, as a D coordinator, as a team. And uh, I feel like, you know, we just got to keep on getting better, though. You know, you take the good, you take the bad, and you got to learn from it at some point. You know, there's a lot of good out there. There's a lot of bad from the preseason. We got one more game. But um, as we know, you know, that's not really a game for the veteran players or the guys, you know, the first, you know, you know, the first team. But, you know, it's going to be an exciting time to see. You know, we got a lot of younger players. We're looking forward to seeing play. And, um, you know, this last game, man. It's time to have fun. Do you feel good about where you are rep-wise in the preseason? Obviously, you probably wish you could have gotten some more. But do you feel good yeah. about where you're at personally? Yeah, definitely wish I could have got more. But, you know, that's what it is. You know, that's how, that's how it is once you come into, you know, you just got to – I feel like you, the main thing is just getting your mental reps. You know, that's one thing um, I had veterans harp on me about, you know, as a young player, even when I was in the game, when I wasn't in the game, it's getting mental reps and staying in the game. You know, realizing, you know, looking at what my opponent's doing when he's playing my other teammates, looking at, you know, different tips and tendencies I can use to help myself. And uh, that's really what I did this whole preseason. I got a lot of mental reps and um, was able to see the game from a different point of view for the first time. Previous preseasons I was playing mostly through the third quarter and stuff, but um, finally got a chance to see myself 
you know, get a lot of mental reps and understand the game from a different point of view. Tell me more, guys. Combining mental reps with sort of the film study that you're looking for over the regular season, how much of this is you now building out moves over the progression of the game, sort of the moves you want to show, yeah. a tackle maybe in the first quarter versus yeah. second quarter versus third down? How much is that going to be worked in between now and Oh, it's gonna be worth it. I mean, it's time to. I'm gonna bring out my arsenal now. And I mean, it's Vanetta. Like I said, preseason, I didn't really show nothing. I didn't show nothing tonight. I mean, I'm just playing what I seen and you know taking advantage of it. Like I said, um, everybody know me how I play football, man. At the end of the day, you know when that season kickoff, you know it's time to go, and that's me. I don't stop until the, you know, the, the top, the, the, the clocks hit triple zeros, and you know they tell us we don't gotta come back into that building the next day. So I'm, I'm in it for the long call, and we all know the long call is somewhere in Miami. Did Tano show us something else tonight? Got another sack, right? Oh, yeah. TK, man, he's, like I said, I said last week, he's, he's continuing to progress, you know, and, uh, you know, as a third-year player, that's what you want to see. You know, the first year is kind of rocky. You don't understand you're a rookie. I tell all rookies that. Your second year, you still really don't understand you coming into, and then by that third year, you got to start getting on board. And um, I feel like TK's doing that, you know. So a little, you know, you got nicks and cramps here and there, but at the end of the day, it's nothing that practice can't fix. What's okay. going through your mind oh, last sorry. One, guys. Last when one. you see uh, Mahomes uh, diving there toward the end zone in the preseason game, man? Uh, slow down. Coach, get him out. Do something other than dive, <laughs> you know, dive face first. But um, Paz, he's a competitor at the end of the day. And, you know, just talking with him and going through practice, getting to know him over these last couple of months, you know that. And if, it, it, and if anything, you know, you want to see that your quarterback, but you don't want to see that. You want to see the competitive nature and the competitive side. But there's so many things you can do to show you competitive, Pat. It's like get down. Don't do that. Save it. Don't even do it week one, week two, like, slide. This, that's why they invented the reason why you can slide. You know, defense can't do nothing about it when you slide. Don't die, Pat. Get down, Pat. I was saying that less cleanly as that was happening. I think I called, can I be honest? Can we just have a moment to be honest for a second? I would tell Patrick Mahomes this if he confronted me about it. Whenever he dove in, uh, for, he dove for a first down in, a pre- in the third preseason game, I do think I yelled at my TV, the TV in here and called him an idiot. And I didn't mean it, and I'm very sorry. Patrick, uh, or anyone in the Mahomes family, I'm, I'd like to apologize in advance. Well, not really in advance. I'd like to apologize now for calling Patrick Mahomes an idiot. I was, I was very concerned. <laughs> that is why they invented the rule that you're allowed to slide. It's specifically made for the preseason, I would argue. Um, but it's okay. I'm over it now. He's fine. He said that it was good to get hit, so no longer an idiot. Now I'm the idiot, and everything is okay. Uh, that there, though, was, uh, was Frank Clark. No sliding in his life, because he is an aggressive, aggressive man that, like, had a really interesting move against Joe Staley on that sack that he had. Like, he straight up made Staley read the word Clark on the back of his jersey as he, like, scooted by him like he was trying to get to his seat in a movie theater. He's got such a crazy array of, of moves in his arsenal. It's it's really genuinely fun to watch Frank Clark play football. Uh, so let's take a break here. Whenever we come back, I think we're going to try to get a hold of Darren Smith uh, of this very radio station. He's uh, out at Arrowhead, or has been out at Arrowhead. I don't know. We'll figure it out. If we can get a hold of him, great. Um, and uh, we'll we'll see if he had anything jump out to him from tonight's game. Plus, uh, we'll hear from Byron Pringle and Blake Bell, I think. Is that the rest of the list? Oh, and Andrew Luck. I mean, we got to talk about Andrew Luck a little bit. I'll ask Darren about uh, his view on that. And then also, um, we'll 
talk about that story a little more in general. It's just really, really nuts. So we we'll do that. And if you want to get in on the conversation, 913-3810-810 is open if you are so inclined. I'm Josh Briscoe. It's the Chiefs Post Game Show here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. The Chiefs Post Game Show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. It is third down and three for the 49ers from their own 28. Out of the shotgun, high snap, it'll be a sack. And Garoppolo's felt this before. Wait a minute, is that the Frank Clark that used to be with the Seahawks in our division? Yes, it is. Screaming around Joe Staley, the left tackle, who's also seen it before. Garoppolo goes down. The 49ers have to punt. I told Beards, uh, not before that play, but at some point during the game, I said, if you're ever bored, just find 55 and just watch him do a thing. Now, whenever I said that, the very next snap, he did absolutely nothing, but I can't be held accountable for that. Just just pay attention to Frank Clark if you ever if you ever go, oh, I don't know, what do I watch on defense? I don't want to just watch the ball. Just watch Frank Clark for a second, and eventually he'll give you something. It'll give you a variety of things. Like, you can be watching him for the first time, and over the course of a game, if you watch him every play, you're going to see him use uh, a huge arsenal of weapons. It's really genuinely fun to watch him play defense. I'm Josh Briscoe, by the way. It's Chiefs Post Game Show here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Beards McFly is hitting all the buttons. And uh, Darren Smith joins us now live from Arrowhead, host of the ship, uh, 11 to noon on ESPN Kansas City every weekday, and then Thursday nights here on this very radio station from uh, the end of now, I guess we can say the end of Thursday night football into uh, into the, the end of the night. So uh, a, a football-following show, Darren uh, getting into regular season form right now. What's up, man? Man, I am here. Look, they're probably going to turn the lights out on me. I'm actually down on the field here at Arrowhead doing this uh, calling in to you, so I wanted to give you an on-the-field report. For I you. like that. Yes, uh, if I hear any point like a, and then you just stop talking, <laughs> we'll know that the tranquilizer dart got you. But I hope that that doesn't happen until towards the end of this segment. Got you, got you. Go ahead, big guy. Well, then uh, let's go to what we saw from the game here. I do want to talk to you about Andrew Luck a little bit before we get out of, of here. But um, what you actually saw from those first two drives from the Chiefs offense, let's start there. That first drive has the big play, the touch on the Damian Williams. That second drive ends up stalling at the end, settling for a field goal. But um, a really interesting drive from Mahomes in my mind. What stood out to you? Uh, what stood out for me the most was Damian Williams. Of course, mm-hmm. he didn't play the first game. Uh, because of injury, the second game, I don't think he got any reps at all. I mean, he he might have got some, but I, th- I don't think he played in the second game. Mm. So this was basically his first game uh, of the year f- uh, here for the team. And, again, you know, running the ball, uh, being able to – now, what I most, what I liked the most was the fact that when he caught that pass from uh, Mahomes, he was able to separate himself from the defense. So that, mm. was, that was something that was really impressive on that 62-yard run. Uh, to the end zone. And the other takeaway for the night, I don't know if you talked about it all, was the fact that Carlos Hyde didn't see any time uh, in, in the game tonight. So yeah. that could spell the end of his of his time here in Kansas City. Yeah, he didn't get on the field until the very, very end of the third quarter. And so you, you look at where uh, Damian Williams and, and Darwin Thompson sit. Those guys are one, two. At this point, do you feel comfortable <laughs> yeah. saying that, uh, that, that uh, uh, Daryl, is the three? I, there are too many, too many Dame Williamses, and there's the Wilson. Williams on this it's team. Just, yeah. It's just too many, man. But do you feel comfortable saying that it's uh, Damian, Darwin, Daryl, and then Carlos hides the odd man out? Uh, after tonight, I, yes, sir, I would agree with you on that. 
I just realized also that the Chiefs running back group is going to be Triple D, and that's as as an incredible uh, Guy Fieri fan. Uh, having Triple D coming to Kansas City means that I'm going to have to see if someone will Photoshop that for me. That's incredible. I'm getting a Briscoe experience tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. No, that's absolutely true. Listen, man, it's at, it's almost 11 o'clock, uh, which means I can say it's Sports Radio at 10 WHP Kansas City. There you happy beards. Uh, so I, you know, the unraveling the unraveling takes place. What about the defensive side? Well, uh, the defense was impressive. Look, Frank Clark, and I'm glad you played it because I was going to mention it, but Frank Clark getting his first uh, quarterback sack of the Kansas City Chiefs, that was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, the fact that, you know, that they got that they got uh, the 49ers to turn the ball over on down. So the defense, the very first drive, they looked impressive. Second drive, eh, you know, I, I'm, I'm still, still kind of iffy because Jimmy G kind of walks down the field and got the team, to, mm-hmm. you know, in the end zone to tie the game up. And then uh, the next thing you know, you know, he put him in a position to uh, take the lead, uh, you know, in the second quarter. So, I mean, all in all, uh, I'd, I'd grade the defense uh, C. That's fair. Because I, I, also, man, it's really hard to actually provide a grade in a preseason game because part of it, part of it is seeing how you adjust over the course of a game. So there was no adjusting, you know, a real number one starting defense to Jimmy Garoppolo coming out of halftime. So you know, Frank Clark said in the uh, in the post game today, he said sometimes they f- he feels like they get more out of practice than out of the preseason games because you can do some yeah. of those adjustments and everything. So I get that. Yeah, but see, but 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 my come my pushback on that is that, and this is what I asked uh, Spags earlier this week. You know, the fact that who you envision to be your starting lineup mm-hmm. for Game One against Jacksonville, they have yet to play together yep. in preseason, and so yep. and and they're not going to play in Game Four. So you're going to go into the season opener with a starting defensive group that is yet to play in in a real in a real live game together, and so yeah. uh, you know, I mean. Look, you better hope that Patrick Mahomes can put up 38 points or something because if the defense get burned, people are going to start talking about the defense right off the bat as, as the Achilles heel. And the fact that, you know, Andy Reid doesn't allow uh, the players, you know, to, to play enough reps in the preseason, that's going to come back to hurt them, so in do my you, opinion. Yeah, so how much do you buy that as a real concern? Because there's no math oh, and everything. Oh, it's a concern because, you know, I, now I understand why you keep him out because, you know, hell, the first two, first two games he only played – uh, three plays the first game and one play the next, and you know he hurt his shoulder. So yeah. I mean, I understand you're going to keep him out. And gr- granted, he's a he's a proven starter, he's a proven veteran. Yeah, he you know he's going to come ready to play. But it's just it's just nothing like real game time and game speed action because you got to remember, man. You know you, you got new players on this defense, and you got players who who haven't been on the team before last year, like a Juan Thornhill. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know who you're going to be dependent on, and the fact that. They have yet to look. Practice is one thing, but you can't simulate game game speed, real live action in practice. And so, you know, being able to call uh, call call the defensive plays and signals and and all that, because you know what the offense is going to do, but you don't know what Jacksonville or, or Oakland is going to do. And so, you just don't have. I mean, you just don't have enough time of real live gameplay, game game action to uh, to get adjusted with each other. And so, again, you're going to be doing it on the fly, and by doing it on the fly, you're going to have a lot of mistakes. I think that's reasonable, and and yeah, I'm glad you mentioned uh, Juan Thornhill because you talk about 
being on the fly and making some mistakes. It was not a good night for him. He, he had a, a small handful of those mistakes. Um, some places where he, he, a rookie, man. he, he looked a like a rookie. I'd be going at him. If I, if, I, if I was Jimmy G, I'd be going at him too. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. He looked like a rookie. He had something in a run game and a couple of different things in the passing game. Um, I, if I said earlier I would still happily watch him struggle to get up to speed the first four weeks. I'd rather see him struggle on the field for four exactly. weeks than, than uh, you know, never really get up to speed over the course of a full season. How do you handicap that? No, no, no. I'm, I'm with you a thousand percent because, look, by what he's doing, and look, he stepped in for, for the Honey Badger tonight in the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. So it's trial by fire, man. If, if you're a rookie for somebody like him, this is what you want. Get these mistakes out now in preseason so when, the, you know, so when Jacksonville – Oakland, Detroit come about, you're not making these same mistakes, you know, versus versus someone, you know, fourth, fifth round pick who might end up having to come in because somebody gets injured and never really, you know, didn't get a lot of reps. This cat is getting a lot of reps, uh, you know, each week. So, look, I like, look, I, I like the fact that, yeah, he got, he got burnt, you know, he got, he got taken advantage of, but the only way he's going to learn is by, is trial by fire. And if I was going to let you make the call, because I, I talking to you a few times about this, I feel like you are a little more pro preseason playing time. Looking at the fourth preseason <laughs> game now, what would you do in terms of starters playing, in terms of a guy like Juan Thornhill and Michael Hardman, Darwin Thompson, all guys you expect to have big roles, but all are you know all being rookies? How would you divvy up the playing time next week? Me personally, because I know how this how this thing operates. I would personally have the starters play a quarter, and then, you know, look, those players who are trying to make the team. I, well, I guess the question is this. What are you going to be looking for if you're Andy Reid, you know, the coordinators, you know, what are you going to be looking for? What players or, or how many positions are you are you going to solidify yourself with? And then, because you already know, again, you know who your first 22 are going to be, and you know mm-hmm. some of your backups are. Mm-hmm. But those that, that those that are trying to make the team, what exactly is it that you're looking for? And then play those players or play those positions so you can you know so you can best evaluate it. That's what I would do. What's your biggest concern right now? I think I probably know what your answer is, but I want you to say it. Well. I- defense obviously just mm-hmm. because just because they just don't have enough time to gel together but then again i'm not gonna lie you know the offense hasn't looked that impressive i mean yeah i mean you know you get a couple of touchdowns from patrick but i mean the fact that you let the 49ers kind of stall you um you know is not to say that it's cause for concern but yeah i just need to see more because again they're not playing enough reps and, and after pittsburgh last week it really gave me a whole new perspective on preseason altogether where i'm just like hell get rid of it this is what you're gonna do right but the fact that you know that i don't know I, it's like i told steve man i'm gonna grade this team more harshly this season because of what they did last year, sure. what the expectations are, and, and, and what the players and their expectations are. So I can't I can't be like all these Johnny B. Good people, oh, we'll just wait till the season starts. No, I can't do that. They got to show me now because just like they've gotten better, other teams get better too. Right. And, and other teams get paid, you know, saying, I mean, they got a year's worth of film on Patrick. So these people are trying to come and knock Patrick's head off. And, you know, all this, all this playing a couple of series and stuff, man, that don't impress me. But, again, I'm just grading them on a harsher scale. 
Yeah, uh, that's interesting. Cause I, I mean, frankly, like I think we disagree a little bit on on how much you have to see in the preseason and all that, which is fun. Reasonable people can disagree. I know this is going to stun <laughs> lots of people. Um, I can't but I, believe that. But I, it's unbe- it's absolutely unbelievable. But I a hundred percent agree on the front that like you have to judge this team more harshly this year because the expectations are way higher and yeah. they've had a chance to improve these weaknesses. And the one place where I look at that, where I'm where I'm already a little bit, you know, I'm wavering a little bit in my confidence. That cornerback group is thin as hell. Yes. Yeah, I, I can't even add more to the, what you said. I mean, we were talking about, you know, uh, Ward. You know, he's probably lost his confidence. And then and you just don't know. I mean, you just don't know what's going to happen. And, and the fact that you still go out and get a Mo Claiborne, which means that the team is not is not satisfied with the cornerbacks that they currently have. Darren, I appreciate it, man. You can listen to The Ship, uh, 11 to noon, weekdays over on ESPN Kansas City. And then I don't think Hold this on, there's... what happened to the Andrew Luck, man? Oh, so you're right. I'm sorry. I'm Look sorry. At you. Oh, you finna just kick your boy off. I'm See, sorry. Is... I was I got distracted by somebody talking silly on Twitter. I, I'll be 100% honest. <laughs> somebody was coming at me on Twitter, and I was just trying to... I, was, I got distracted, and I missed on the Andrew Luck thing. Go on, Andrew Luck. Go off. <laughs> well, look, first of all, he ran out of luck, and best of luck to him. Uh, I should have you know, cut I you should. off. We should have absolutely <laughs> cut you off just then. <laughs> I bet I couldn't help it. But, uh, look, it, it, it was surprising. You know, when when we first got the alert, we was like, man, this can't be true. But, of course, Adam Schefter reported, so you know it had to be true. Right. Uh, and so um, surprising. You know, generally you don't get surprises like that. I, and I guess it would be more so because of the timing of it. Um, and so, you know, the fact that, the Chiefs play the Colts in week number five. He thought it was going to be Mahomes against Luck. Now it's Mahomes against Jacoby Brissett or whoever else. You know, it loses a lot of the luster. The league can't, can't, can't flex the game out, obviously, after right. five weeks. Right. So um, I'm I'm disappointed that, you know, that he retired. But, you know, it's probably best for him because he, he's never able to stay healthy. And you, and you can't get healthy going into the season hurting like he and Cam Newton, those two, you know, they just stay hurt. They stay injured. So Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well I'm glad I'm glad that we made time for that and your two unbelievable luck puns. I mean it's just so <laughs> quick. Just so not subtle at all. Unbelievable. <laughs> Hey man, look, I've I've learned I've learned from the best in Briscoe, man. I'm telling you, I, I, I've learned how to speak Briscoe. I I appreciate that. I will say, I really feel like you kind of Andrew this segment out too long. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's up? First name Mike puns. Drop. First name puns. Thank you, Darren. Mike I appreciate drop. it, man. Anytime. Get man. off that I, field. Hey, I, I'll talk to you from uh, from Green Bay next week. Sounds good. It won't be me. It's going to be Anderson. You have to learn how to speak oh. his language next week. Oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's Darren Later, Smith. Man. Appreciate it, man. On the field at Arrowhead, about to get shoot off, no question. And uh, and and you'll hear from him again next week. But you'll also hear from go, weekdays on the on the ship, uh, 11 to noon on ESPN Kansas City. Let's take a break, and I'll catch our bearings. And uh, we'll we'll take some calls if you want, 913-3810-810. Uh, you can give the texts or the tweets or whatever. Whatever it is that, that tickles your particular fancy. Uh, we also have a couple of uh, pressers to get to still. We'll get to that and more here whenever we come back on uh, Sports Radio 810. The Chiefs postgame show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Sends in motion, Byron Pringle. Now they give it to him on a jet sweep left. Inside the five, touchdown, Kansas City! A jet sweep right to left by Byron Pringle. 
and the former K-State Wildcat tastes the sweet nectar of the end zone. It ends a 97-yard drive. Well done, Kyle Shermer. Nothing sums up the preseason quite like the phrase, well done, Kyle Shermer. <laughs> just so perfect. It's just so great. Uh, that is the uh, the preseason that we currently experience, and we will actually hear from Brian Pingle um, here in a little bit. Uh, the uh, the game for him was, you know, mostly that. You get the, uh, the, the rushing touchdown on the stat line. That's fine. You'll take that. And uh, and Shermer had a pretty nice outing tonight. Um, the the battle between Shermer and Litton, I feel like, has not been going in Shermer's favor. But tonight, he got twice the, the passing attempts, but he also was better at it. I mean, it wasn't outstanding by any means. But 9 for 12 looks pretty good. Only about 6 yards per attempt. Uh, took a couple of sacks. It was, it was fine. And again, also in the grand scheme of things, it just doesn't really matter that much. It's, we're in an era where the backup quarterback and developmental quarterback and all that just don't really affect the grand scheme of things all that greatly, which is a good place to be. The Chiefs Post Game Show here on Sports Radio 810. I'm Josh Briscoe. Beards McFly is hitting all the buttons. If you want to call in, 913-3810-810. Or we got the text line, 913-912-4810, the Facebook page. We're streaming the show live. You can see my hat and my hoodie and my handsome, handsome face. At least my hat and my hoodie. And uh, you can leave comments there. We're trying to get as much of it as we can, but it's also, you know, there's a lot going on, a lot of moving parts, and we'll, you know what, like the Chiefs, we'll, we'll try to be better at it during the regular season. That's what that's what I can offer. Theoretically, we'll you know, we'll play the starters longer. <laughs> we'll figure that out. Uh, but if you want to call in, that's real simple. Daniel has done that. What's up, Daniel? Hey, Josh. Thanks for taking my call, man. I'm sure. the show. Thank you. Um, yeah, I just uh, had some thoughts on everything. Um, you know, I think the defense overall looked pretty good. It was it was cool seeing Clark get mm-hmm. that sack. I actually slapped my buddy next to me, and his phone went off the railing down to another rail, which was quite funny <laughs> when it happened. He's like, "Man, lucky I got an otter box on this thing." But yeah. um, no, it was a, it, it, I, I felt like it was good. You know, I'd like to see Mahomes there. He took that hit, but you know, it's it's kind of good to see him getting his competitive juices going. You know, I mean, he was that atmosphere. I don't know. Um, I'm sure people have called in and told you, but that third preseason game at Arrowhead today felt like a, when Mahomes came out and that defense came out, it felt like a regular season game there. That crowd was hyped. It was probably the most fans I've ever seen at a preseason game mm. um, with the Chiefs. And when come opening day here, and um, it's gonna it's gonna be pretty crazy. But um, just a thought: I've seen that you tweeted out that Lamar. They believe uh, Lamar Miller tore his ACL. Yes. I do see a route, and when possibly the Chiefs could trade. Um, Carlos Hyde, mm-hmm. which whatever we get out of him or, or, or whoever they trade, I mean, maybe maybe we're overlooking things, but like you guys said, he he did not play that much this game. So yeah. and he kind of seems like the odd man out. So I think it'd be pretty neat if we get something out of him, or maybe we trade for you know player for player with somebody over there. I'm I'm not going to sit here and act like I know a lot about Houston at all, sure. but um, it's in Texas. It I've like, got that for sure. It's definitely in Texas. Yeah, for sure. So (laughs) it's it's something we can look into, but I'm just really excited for the regular season. And 
I, I feel like these preseason games have just been teasing over and over and over again. It's like, man, you know, you get Mahomes out there for two or three drives, and then I'm really getting into it and ready, and then, you know, I see Chad Henning warming up, and I'm like, yep. all right, now I'm now I'm just I'm totally out of it right now. Yep. So, but, all right, man, I, I, I think uh, – or thanks for uh, letting me call in, man. I love the show, and uh, – Looking forward to hearing. Will you be doing the um, the post games throughout all this, the rest of the season? Not totally sure yet. Uh, hopefully, we'll know relatively soon. But uh, Anderson's in next week because I'm out of town, and then we'll know about the regular season some at some point before that game kicks off. I imagine. Awesome, man. Well, I hope you. I hope you do. I really enjoy hearing you guys. I like your spin on everything, and uh, you have a safe trip and everything when you're going out of town, man. I'll, I'll listen to you off the air, buddy. Appreciate it, Daniel. Thank you for the call. Um, yeah, so a handful of things in there that I think's interesting. First of all, Chad Henney is a mood killer. That's absolutely true. Preseason game, you're getting a couple drives. You're going, wait a second, oh, things are getting a little steamy in here. Things are warming up a little bit. Oh, you know what? Yeah, you know what? I am in the mood for a little bit of football. Thanks for asking. Let's see where this goes a little bit. Oh, Chad Henney, oh, pew. All of a sudden, you're, you you sympathize with all those Major League Baseball players going to the gas station. That's the that's the twist that you need at that point is you got to – I after – listen, I'll admit it. After a preseason game, you only get a couple of drives of the starters. You got to go by, got to go by quick chip on the way home. <laughs> you can get a little pick me up, energy drink, a little energy drink, a little uh, buffalo chicken roller. Well, a little taquito, maybe some sweet tart chuckers. I just realized how many things a quick chip are phallic in nature. A lot of them. A lot of things a quick chip are relatively phallic. <laughs> Take that for a. You can make a liner out of that probably, right? Yeah, excellent. Love that. Good work by us. Uh, I'm glad Daniel mentioned again the Lamar Miller thing. Uh, yeah, it seems like uh, Houston assumes that, that he's done for the season. I, I think if the Chiefs were going to make a move, it would be for Carlos Hyde. Um, I don't... Listen, if they could get a return out of Darrell Williams, I think they'd really consider it. I, I don't know if they think the margin between those two guys is really, really high. Darrell Williams could be here again next year. Carlos Hyde almost certainly would not be. But yeah, if they could get, you know, a pick swap out of out of that. Um, I also I can I cannot tell you a hundred percent. I wish I could here um, about what that could do with a dead cap space. I, there's some there's some stuff that I just you I you can't know unless you're reading the fine print. I don't think that would change things. I I still think they would have to carry. Some some salary cap uh, space, if even if they trade Carlos Hyde as opposed to straight up cutting him, but yeah, any return there would be great because right now I I don't think he's very likely to make the team. Nine one three three eight ten eight ten. If you want to call in and tell us how great we are, following Daniel's footsteps, I really appreciate that. That's really good. Um, there was something else earlier that I meant to get back to, but I cannot remember it. So let's go to let's go to uh, what we haven't gotten yet out of the uh, the the pressers from this evening, the locker room. Out of Arrowhead. We're going to get back to Andrew Luck at some point also. Again, if you haven't heard somehow, uh, he's retired. Andrew Luck has retired, and that's crazy, and it shakes up the AFC in a big way. It shakes up the entire NFL in a big way. Um, It's kind of a sad ending to a career that was never as uh, high-achieving as his talent was, but he also seems like he's in a better place. Again, the word we used earlier was relieved. He he sounded kind of relieved about um, his decision. So we can, we'll can we hear from him later on, and we'll just give you the opening statement there in all likelihood. Uh, but all, uh, Brian, uh, By- Brian, every time around the name Byron Pringle, I get worried that I'm going to accidentally call him Brian, and that time I just straight up did. 
Pringle, the former K-State guy, scored a touchdown in tonight's game, and he talked to the media following the game. Somebody tweeted in, actually, I'll, let me, I'll say this first. Someone texted in, said, do you think that he has a chance to get that last receiver spot? I absolutely do. The way that that's going to boil down is going to be really tight, and that there's only going to be a spot or two for some of those guys that have been kind of rotating through there. D'Anthony Thomas is probably making the team predominantly from a special teams role. But you look like you look at a guy like Pringle, like Eric Dieter, Cody Thompson. Those guys are probably all fighting for one remaining spot. But um, you know, Marcus Kemp getting hurt is is a big loss. But they bring in D'Anthony Thomas. He's probably going to make the team. So it's it's still very open ended. And I think that at this point, though, Byron Pringle is probably the favorite out of that group to make the team. And here's what he had to say at Arrowhead after the game tonight. What, what's on your mind looking ahead? Oh, next week, I'm, I'm coming back and uh, just attack each day with a positive mindset and positive energy and uh, get knowledge from the older guys, get knowledge from my coaches, and uh, just keep grinding. Byron, where do you feel like you've improved? from what you sort of experienced last year in the preseason? Uh, understanding the offense and uh, being a professional. Mm-hmm. What, what does that mean for you, being a professional? It means a lot because it's, it was all, it's always my dream to become a, a professional athlete. And uh, a lot of people in my uh, area look up to me, so I feel like I'm a big role model back where I'm from. And as long as I'm doing good, everybody back home doing good, and they have a positive mindset to make it out where I'm from. Yeah, we know Andy likes to use the jet sweeps, sort of motioning for the wide receiver. We saw what we called at the first preseason game. What did you feel like, or how did you feel to get the call in the huddle, knowing how close you guys were to the red zone? Oh, I know uh, once we got in the uh, red zone, we called it, we made a call. And I was going to run it hard, and uh, I don't care if it was all 11 guys on me. I just need a vertical push, and I was going to drag him in the end zone with me. Is there anything in particular you're trying to focus on or work on heading to the regular season? Uh, just being a um, – you always want to get better at everything you do, especially being a receiver, like conditioning, uh, getting in out of the breaks, catching the ball. So there's always ways to improve being a receiver. Byron, what did you hear your teammates' reaction about the sideline? Oh, it was great, man. They were, they were proud of me, happy for me, because they know I've been – putting in hard work and coming with a positive mindset. And uh and uh it's just it's just a great feeling knowing them guys was behind me and uh cheering me on. You had a chance to text with any family or anything twenty minutes after the game or anything? Uh no nah, I had I had to get in the shower. I'm trying to hurry up and get out there to my son right now <laughs> before he falls asleep on me. <laughs> One last question. Can you talk about the game tonight? Uh, I feel like I, uh, I left some plays out there that I uh, can correct. And, uh, I know that we all feel like we can uh, come back in, uh, we'll back in the film room and uh, get it corrected and we get ready to uh, head to uh, the Green Bay next week and uh, go there and have a great game and uh, finish. Real good on offense and defense and special teams. All right, there's Byron Pringle following the game tonight. I've also been told that we have exactly 30 seconds of Blake Bell. And 35. It, 30, whoa! Why didn't you say so? We should give it its own segment. I got 35 seconds of Blake Bell. I'm not going to tell you we're not going to play it. Yeah, of course we're going to play it. Here's Blake Bell for 35 seconds. So, uh, like I said, there's some things that you know we can work on and, and I can work on, but I'll get in the film room and, and we'll get them corrected. Thank you very much. Good yeah. to meet you. Nice to meet you. Like what's, what's it been like for you, Justin? I mean, obviously coming to a new team, starting the system. How have they ever kind of taken over and learned it as you go along? Um, it's, you know, it's one of those where you got to, uh, you know, you, you kind of got to get in the film room. But, uh, you know, we got a great group of guys, like I said. And, and uh, you know, Trav's been awesome. 
uh, you know, helping me, whatever it is, you know, route running or, and uh, in the film room and just, just seeing different coverages and things like that. So, uh, you know, obviously want to get the W, but, uh, you know, we'll move on and, and uh, get some stuff corrected and move on to Green Bay. 35 seconds. Yeah, Green Bay. Moving on to Green Bay. He dropped the pass today. That's not great. Um, but, you know, Chiefs need somebody to catch passes who's not named uh, Travis Kelsey out of that position. So he's on the list. He's a possible option. All right, we're going to take a break. Last call for calls. And I'm like, I don't know. We might have a little more. And we got time. We're probably going to be here till about midnight. So if you want to call, you can. 913-3810-810. 913-3810-810. Or don't. That's also fine. We're going to talk about Andrew Luck whenever we come back. The Chiefs postgame show is brought to you by Missouri Lottery. Every ticket you play gives back to schools across Missouri. So play it forward with the Missouri Lottery. Niners will go for it. Fourth down on a yard at the Kansas City 30-yard line. Played five minutes. Fourth down and one. Garoppolo to throw a slant that's knocked down at the line of scrimmage. Stone cold. Stone cold. Chris Jones knocks it down like a wind turbine. Turbine? (laughs) No way! Wind turbine. Play the very last two words of that again, please. I love Mitch Holtis. Please, Mitch, if you're listening, don't come fight me. Like a wind turbine! Turbine's a thing you wear on your head. (laughs) A wind turbine is the thing that creates electricity. That's awesome. Oh. Oh, that (laughs) that makes me so happy. Oh, it's fantastic. All right. I'm Josh Briscoe. Beards of Flies hitting all the buttons and everything, and uh, and we're on Facebook and all of that. All right? We're good? Good. If you want to call in, 913-3810-810, Chris has done that. What's up, Chris? Hey, how are you? I, You know, I was kind of in your Twitter mentions tonight about Andy Reid and running and passing during the uh, yeah. during the preseason. Yeah. I, like, is it... <laughs> Is this unusual? I mean, is it just me? It was like 12 passes and two runs, and it doesn't seem like this is an aberration from the chart that you sent out a few days ago. Yeah, so if, if people who haven't heard yet um, or, or, or missed it on the show this week or whatever, there was a graph that came out that was showing how the Chiefs were running the ball versus throwing the ball on first downs throughout the preseason. It is a crazy small sample size, but it's also a crazy dispersion on that graph. The Chiefs are... are I mean, in in Alaska, if you were to if if that chart was a map of America, they're in Alaska. They they are skipping over other huge chunks of land. That's how much more often they're throwing the ball on first downs than any other team in the league, in, in regards to expectations and everything. And so that's continuing throughout the preseason. I think it's an interesting question, Chris, because. I do think Andy Reid is is not doing this for no good reason. And whenever you look at a guy like Darrell Williams. And to some extent, Darwin Thompson, those are guys that you could see wanting to get uh, you know, in-game action so they can develop their NFL vision a little bit. But I think they're throwing the ball more because they're going to keep throwing the ball more. Even a pickup like Carlos Hyde, which they're probably going to cut, the mm-hmm. reason they picked him up was pass protection. Yeah. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't his ability to run for five yards. Right. <laughs> it was right. Pass prote- yeah, pass protection and catch the ball. It's just, I, I, I follow NFL analytics, and mm-hmm. it just seems like, you know, you, you were talking about what prompted this was you, you can take four to six yards on any play. Yep. Like, the Chiefs can do that. Yep. Well, you know, a successful run play, which gets to the second level and causes everybody to cheer, usually gets six yards. Yep. You know, I, it just, it, 
it may be like everybody's focusing on Kingsbury in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid might be doing the same thing. Yeah, I think I think there's an extremely good chance that that this year looks, if not as unprecedented as any team has ever been in in terms of how they they throw the ball on the NFL level. I think it could look a lot like something unprecedented, um, and that could continue to be pushed going out through the next few years. Like I think that Andy Reid is at the very least like having those discussions. With Mahomes and, and with Eric Bieniemy and with Mike Kafka and may, honestly, maybe he's not. Maybe he's sitting there drawing it up and saying, "All right, guys, here's what I want to do. We're done running the ball." Yeah. Hey, by the way, I really appreciate your evening show and have a good night. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate you. being appreciated and and I appreciate your call. Listen, man, it's I'm I'm a human being. Compliments feel great. Uh, especially to chase down a second half of a preseason game that I was distracted by because I was trying to figure out what the hell happened with Andrew Luck. Um, yeah, I think it's a really interesting thing, and I'm, I'm sure Chris has heard this, but if you haven't, um, there have been a couple of times that, that Seth Kaiser and I have talked on, on Almost Entirely Sports, the night show, and um, we've talked about pushing that even more. Whenever you look at uh, expected points added is a really interesting metric where – you don't have to understand the every tiny mechanism behind it to see that it's a relatively good no no analytic is perfect no stat no metric is perfect but you can look at expected points added and get a relatively simple single number and say is this good or how good is this and so looking at expected points added it's almost always better to run the or to throw the ball than to run the ball and, and there's a lot of conventional wisdom about, you know, you want to grind down a defense, and there's some situations where you should just run the ball. And I've been on this, you know, I was tweeting about this from, from St. Joe. It seems so clear to me that the Chiefs can, can get four or six yards through the air just whenever they want, and that's usually with the ball going four or six yards. And to Chris's exact point, the ball's still moving past that. A six-yard run is a, is a great achievement. Sometimes those end in the backfield. Sometimes those end at the line of scrimmage. Sometimes those end with the dude basically just falling forward. It's it's a really interesting thing to me. Not only that that exists as it all does, but that more teams aren't thinking that way. This isn't... I don't know if this is a one-for-one comparison, so forgive me if this is a little obtuse, but whenever you look at the the revolutions in other sports as of late, I'm going to say the basketball one just so I can make sure Beards is still interested in the show. Teams started shooting three-pointers at unprecedented rates because they went, oh, well, the math here is clearly better. This is math that is good. That, that This is math that is good for every circumstance just about. And the the points per possession of a three-point shot with even decent three-point shooters, it, you either want that or free throws or to be like under the basket. You've seen you've seen the mid-range jumpers really thin out throughout basketball. Beards, is this generally fair? Yes. Thank you, Beards. If you look at baseball. And by the way, I think you could argue in the NBA that makes the sport less fun to watch because James Harden's existence is three-pointers and getting fouled. 
And that can be frustrating to watch. I totally get it's that. It's mainly just the Rockets is the big totally problem fair. there. Totally fair. Now, it's the, the Warriors are fun to watch as they do it, but they... But they also do more stuff. And they that's that's totally fair. And also, it seems like they do it... They do it surgically in a way that is... Or they have done it surgically. Who knows and now, better. honestly? But also better. Um... But you, you find these, you know, seven-footers learning how to shoot because being able to shoot in this era of basketball is more valuable than being seven feet tall. If you look at baseball, again, this isn't great for the product, but if you look at baseball, there's a reason that teams are striking out at an unprecedented rate and also hitting dingers at an unprecedented rate, and it isn't all because of the gas stations. It's because that's the math. It's because... It's partially because of the gas stations. It's lost dongs. It's, it's because that's the math. Home runs are the smartest thing to be doing from an analytical perspective. In the NFL... As currently constructed, there's, there's conventional wisdom that you've got you've to sort of train yourself to be able to turn away from. Because conventional wisdom in baseball, the Royals won a World Series by keeping the line moving. And that's true. But they found an inefficiency. The inefficiency was in what they were paying their, their bullpen. You can, you can, I don't know, Beards, help me on this one for the NBA. What's the last team that won a title without being able to shoot? Th- could, it, like, could it be the Heat? With the big three, because that team was just no, so they much had star power on that team. They did. Like they Ray had, they had three Miller point shooters, and, and Chris Bosh might have been. Bosch, Chris Bosh was one of those Chalmers, guys that yeah. was like this this enormous uh, uh, dinosaur looking dude who could shoot. Actually, he well, he evolved into he was like a mid range guy, dinosaurs and, did. and then became more of a spot up three guy. Yeah. So I don't know how far like, back. Honestly, like. The 2010s or so, like with that Lakers team that won two in a yeah. row, and then Boston before that. And that's around the time the game was changing. I mean, that's that's about it. The The Royals might be the exception in baseball, but again, the home run and strikeout thing has really come to a head these last couple of years. I think we're going in that exact direction with football and throwing the ball more often. The reason that it's different in football, though, I think the reason it's going to take longer for this to totally hit, and I think the reason that that the Chiefs actually have an even larger window is that finding the personnel to do that is a little bit harder. Getting dudes who can smash a baseball or finding a, loading up on a bunch of shooters... Beards marked it because... I st- I took an unnecessary pause between dudes who can smash and then the phrase a baseball. I get it. I know what I did. It wasn't on purpose, but I know what I did. But but being able to g- getting dudes that that can hit for power better, um, a- a- and finding three point sharpshooters is a little easier than finding a quarterback that can do all of this that Mahomes is doing. But even then. I I said on the when I was filling in the program on Thursday that it turned into a totally strange fight over Nick Foles. I think he's essentially just a dude. He won a Super Bowl. Yeah, I know. I've watched him play football. Like, I think he's just a dude. I think Joe Flacco's always been kind of just a dude. He won a Super Bowl. Yeah, I know. Um, I I would still and Andy Reid has shown you this. I would still be looking at those metrics whenever I'm trying 
to to fund the inefficiency. If you give me Alex Smith or you give me Nick Foles or you give me Case Keenum, I mean, I would continually try to be finding that rookie that could that could be a financial value on a rookie contract. I think that's a really important part of this. I would not pay any of those guys I just listed, but even if you were stuck with one of them, as you're trying to figure out, you know, is Dwayne Haskins the guy? And I would start Dwayne Haskins in year one, by the way. Even with Dwayne Haskins in year one, if you don't buy into him just yet, I wouldn't be bleeping around with Eli Manning. Let's see if I don't. I didn't love Daniel Jones, but if I had him on my team, I'd say let's let's go here. I, if I was the Broncos, I wouldn't have traded for Joe Flacco. Let's let Drew Locke give it a shot, or at least hold on to Keenum instead of paying him and Flacco. It doesn't make any sense. But you should still, by by just about every metric, be throwing the ball more than you are. And that also includes the Chiefs. So if they continue at the pace they've been at this preseason, where tonight they threw the ball 28 times and ran at 15, and with Mahomes out there, it probably, well, I can tell you pretty close. I mean, Damian Williams had a handoff. I think he might have gave the ball to Thompson once, and Mahomes threw the ball 10 times. I'm also thinking now, Chris may have given us the actual split and I've forgotten about it because I have the retention of a goldfish sometimes. You know, the Niners ran the ball 35 times and threw it 31. And that was with their, their number one quarterback out there way longer. For the Chiefs, most of those passes that were thrown were from uh, Kyle Shermer. Chad Henney didn't throw a pass. So, I mean, Shermer had less than... He had more passes than anybody else, but it wasn't actually half. Most of those passes came from Shermer or Litton. And they're still throwing the ball a lot. And I think it's because Andy Reid knows what the math is here and knows that's the way that you can that you can increase your lead on the rest of the league. I, I, I and In that way, I find it to be relatively simple. And I think that's really interesting. Uh, okay, I told you I wanted you to hear from Andrew Luck. We're not going to play the full presser because altogether he probably talked for what, Beards, 15, 20 minutes? 24. Really? It was all really interesting. About I, 10 of that was thinking people. Right, and so we we won't play you all of those, but frankly, like I sat here during the game uh, and and listened to his, the full 24, and I found it really interesting. Um, but at the very least, you, you should hear kind of the opening statement that Andrew Luck m- made after the game today. He said this wasn't exactly what how he planned on announcing it. They're going to have a press conference um, tomorrow. What was that? What do I need to do here, Beards? He, I need to say where this came from, and I will do that. This is via the Indianapolis Colts Twitter account. At Colts, I would encourage you, honestly, to just to go watch the full thing. Seeing it is is a part of it, and hearing the full thing is good. But, but here's Andrew Luck's opening statement, um, with sort of the the not in his perfect timing and extremely surprising the rest of the rest of the league announcement of his retirement from the NFL. This certainly isn't how I uh, envisioned this or planned this, uh, but but I am going to retire. Uh, this is not an easy decision. Uh, Honestly, it's the hardest decision of my life. Uh, but it is the right decision for me. Uh, uh, for the last four years or so, I've been in this cycle of injury, pain, rehab, injury, injury pain, rehab. Uh, and it's been unceasing and relenting, unrelenting, both in season both in, and off season. Uh, and I felt stuck in it, and the only way 
I see out uh, is, is to, to no longer play football. Uh, it's, it's taken my joy of this game away. Uh, and uh, this... Sorry. I've been stuck in this process. I haven't been able to live the life I want to live. Taking the joy out of this game. And after 2016, where I played in pain and was unable to regularly practice, I made a vow to myself that I would not go down that path again. I find myself in a similar situation. And the only way forward for me is to remove myself from football in this cycle that I've been in, uh, com come to the proverbial fork in the road, uh, and, and I, I made a vow to myself that if I ever did again, I would choose, choose me in a sense. It's very difficult. I love this team. I love my teammates, the folks in our building, the, the fans, the game of football, and, and as part of this team, uh, as, a, as a member of this team, and because of how I feel, I know that I am unable to pour my heart and soul into this position, uh, which would not only sell myself short, but the team in the end as well. Uh, and it's sad, but I also have a lot of clarity in this. Uh, it's been a difficult process, uh, but my wife, my family, my friends, Mr. Ballard, Mr. Ursay, the Ursay family, and Frank Reich have been incredibly helpful, supportive, uh, and I'm so grateful for them. It, as I told the guys earlier in the locker room, it's been the honor of a lifetime to represent the Horseshoe and the city of Indianapolis both on and off the field. To Mr. Ursay and, and, and your family, thank you. Thank you so much. I am so grateful to have been drafted here. Your unwavering support is incredibly appreciated. I cannot fathom another owner who loves their team as much as you do. And we feel that as players. We appreciate that as players. It permeates through the building. Uh, and from the moment, and, I, and, I, and we talked about this earlier, but from the moment I arrived in Indianapolis, I felt like I could be myself, and I felt like I did not have to fill Peyton, one of the great you know, of all times. I felt like I did not have to fill his shoes. I could be me. And for that, and I know that starts with the person up top, and for that, I'm very, very, very much appreciated. That's like two of... 24 minutes of Andrew Luck's uh, retirement press conference from tonight. It makes me sad because, and we, you know, we talked a little bit about it from the Chiefs' perspective a little bit. It's good for the Chiefs in this year and for the long term and all that, and I get it. But it makes me sad because he was one of the most sure things coming into the league, and then he lived up to it. And injuries are the thing that limited him. And it wasn't even... It wasn't injuries like you think of it usually being. It was these nagging things, and, and you know, he missed a whole season and, and had the Comeback Player of the Year award, and then this whole story, this offseason, just comes out of nowhere... And is just brutal. And I have an unbelievable amount of respect for 
Andrew Luck in the last week and a half deciding, you know what is more important to me than $50 million, which is what he's giving up by walking away here? Being a happier, more fulfilled person, not stuck in this cycle again. Because here's the thing. I'd go rehab any part of my body for the next two years for $50 million. So would you. Totally get that. But Andrew, like in a way, you and I have to. You and I would have to take that. Andrew Luck doesn't. He's made $100 million in salary, more in endorsements. He can go take endorsement deals the rest of his life if he wants to, or we might never hear from him again. You know whose choice that is? Andrew Luck's. If you have an issue with that, with a guy whose body has betrayed him, whose body has broken down, whose joy in his job has been taken away, who has made the money that he doesn't have to stick around anymore if he doesn't want to, how are you going to tell that guy? How are you going to tell that guy that he can't do that? It sucks for the Colts, and it sucks for Colts fans, and it sucks for people in that organization, and all of that, man. And for OJ's fantasy team. And for OJ Simpson's fantasy team. Do you have that audio? I can probably pull it up pretty quick. I want to talk about this a little more. Maybe we dismount on the show tonight with OJ's. Yeah, just work on that for me. The Matrix needs to be reset, honestly. But Ian Rappaport tweeted, you know, they've known he was seriously mulling the retiring for about a couple of weeks here. He said he's married, he plans to travel the world, and once the love for the game waned, it sounded like he wanted to step away. So he did. I can say this pretty confidently. Sports on every level is largely filled with people that don't have their priorities in order or at least have a skewed priority that most people don't have. We talked about Adam Gase a couple of weeks ago. He left his wife gutted open from a C-section, baby still attached via umbilical cord. He left the hospital room. She had organs out of her body. He left the hospital room to go have his weekly meeting with Peyton Manning. Now listen, I'm not saying that Adam Gase can't live the life that he wants. That's fine. But not everybody has to be Adam Gase. Not everybody. People people quit radio. People quit sports television. People quit football. People quit every sport and every aspect around it. People quit jobs all the time. You don't have to share that type of prioritization. I'd like to think that if I ever saw, I looked in the mirror and saw Adam Gase's life in my own, I would try to take a moment to reconsider some things. But I get it. And I really like this job. And whenever you really like the work that you do, you're inclined to let it take over, right? That's totally reasonable. Andrew Luck didn't want to anymore. So he stopped because he's an adult who can make decisions like that. And so I do think a lot of people would legitimately play football for free. And I think a lot of people would do just about any job to make $50 million. But Andrew Luck was getting booed as he left the field because the stadium had found out that he was retiring before he made his actual announcement. And in that video, I saw thousands of people who would immediately 
immediately quit their jobs if they opened their banking app and found $95 million in there, which is about what Andrew Luck has made over the course of his career. The people talk about winning the lottery, like, yeah, if I won the lottery, I'd go poop on my boss's desk, and then I'd leave, and I'd go buy an island. People say stuff like that because they don't like their job. And maybe it's hard for you to, to say, well, how could Andrew Luck not love his job? He's an NFL quarterback. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it does. I'm telling you, I think that sounds dope. But it doesn't sound great to just be constantly in a state of physical disrepair and then working constantly to repair it. Would I do it for $50 million? Absolutely. Would I do it for $50 million if I already had $100 to $150 million in a bank account somewhere? And we're talking about spending the next couple years of my life miserable to increase my bank account by 25%? I don't think so. I don't, I don't, I don't want to think I would. You know, take 25% of whatever's in your bank account right now. Would you be fundamentally miserable? For, that It's a sliding scale, right? If you got 95 bucks in your bank account, everything is different. You have 95 million. You have 95,000, I imagine. It, all of that changes. 950,000, all of that changed. I, I know that it's a sliding scale there. Andrew Luck has made the money. He's made plenty of money. I don't need Doug Gottlieb to say that he's a millennial quitter. He can honestly just delete his account. It's probably the nicest thing I could say. I went through several things in there that most of them would have gotten, would have probably gotten dumped because Beards is on it. But it's just, I, I, I will not on any level say that, that Andrew Luck did a bad thing by deciding that that wasn't worth it anymore. It might not make sense to you. It doesn't totally make sense to me because like, I'm not in that spot. But it's, it's okay. And people that are burning Andrew Luck jerseys, I mean, I shouldn't have to tell you that that sucks, right? I... Like you, sh- you should, you should know. I don't want to treat you listening right now like a baby. You know that that sucks. That's a sucky thing to do. Did I turn into Bill Clinton? Did I get so disappointed that I started talking like Bill Clinton a little bit? Listen, if you're burning Andrew Luck jerseys, man, that sucks. What's your uh, OJ sense? This is, they're panning through right now. They're panning through what appears to be a fantasy draft party. Andrew Luck. Andrew What did I do to you? OJ Simpson. You, you, you could have retired an hour and a half ago before I picked you in my fantasy picks. I mean, what did I do, Vic? I've been a fan of yours. Why would you do this to me? Come out of retirement. I'm just saying. <laughs> OJ Simpson uh, doing something tasteless on the internet. Super surprising. I don't know, man. That's not Andrew Luck made a Andrew Luck made a, a quality of life decision. Uh don't I'm sure you're mad about your fantasy team if you drafted Andrew Luck in a fantasy league. I had him winning the MVP in the Football Insider magazine that Sports Radio Whitson puts out. Had him winning the MVP this year. 
and it, the sneakiest pick. It's now it went from being a sleeper to being a dead pick. Sleeper pick to dead pick. Um, it's just not really. It's just not really up to you, you know. It's just Andrew Luck's life that he is going to continue living, and he has to, and you don't. Your fantasy team, unless it's a keeper league, resets after this year. If you're a Colts fan, it sucks. You also got a, a bunch of years of Peyton Manning and then a few great years out of Andrew Luck. You're, you should be good by now. I mean, what did I do, Vic? What did O.J. Simpson do? I can't. He's really good I can't remember right? if he was an airplane two or not. Or not, a naked gun, two and a half. I was think so. he a naked gun? Yeah, he was. Really? Nordberg. Nordberg? Yeah. Okay. He kept having all the accidents and whatever. Like, he was in the hospital gurney, and he gets wheeled out and just crashes into stuff. It seems at this point, like, that might also just be his it's general... It's a super weird thing to go back on and Twitter see now. personality. Yeah, I imagine. I imagine that it's extremely strange. I will say, though, he is in one of the funniest parts of the movie, so, you know... I guess he, I should probably go watch it. it. They're very good. Okay. Wow. Well, that's a surprise. Same I, guys that did Airplane. Imagine that's all very good. Just really weird. All right. Well, thank you to everybody who's listened over the course of these last couple hours. Thanks to Beards McFly. Thanks to Darren Smith for joining us on the field at Arrowhead. Uh, I am going on vacation starting right now. I will be back next week, uh, this after this week. Jason Anderson will be giving you the post-game show after the fourth preseason game. We're getting close to real football, everybody. It's almost here. Stay strong, and I'll talk to you again very soon. Bye, Mom! Follow the Chiefs right here on your home for the NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl. Sports Radio 810 WHB.